0: Welcome to Don't Stop Repealing, your weekly pro-repeal podcast running for the duration of the Irish abortion and maternity care referendum campaign. I'm Ina Mullally. And I'm Andrea Horan. And this is our second last podcast <laughs> until Devil. polling day.
1: But also delighted. Breaking news, everyone needs to calm the fuck down. Everyone is up to 90 after a turbo stressful TV debate on Claire Byrne last night, which we'll be talking about later in the show. But first.
2: Just at the end as well, I, 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 on a personal thing. I'd like to thank the uh, staff at the uh, Liverpool Women's Hospital for looking after my fellow Irish citizens who come there in distress daily and the women who come over. And, And thank you, Britain, for looking after our women in their time of need. Thank you.
0: That was Brian F. O'Byrne winning his BAFTA on Sunday night. There was a big Irish presence at the BAFTAs, including Queen Sharon Horgan, who was rocking a yes badge. On this week's podcast, we will be talking to the amazing Ashling B. Ashling's for Choice Unite. We're also bringing back our critically acclaimed by us top 10 things to do list. It's actually 11. Oh, it's 11. Okay. <laughs> First up, campaign news. It is canvas mania this week. Everybody is canvassing like bejesus, I think is the correct uh, canvassing a fish term. term. And um, so get involved. Uh, you'll really regret it if you don't. If you can, do. You can also casually canvass, like just talking to people. Um, people are leafleting all around the place, knocking on doors. Get onto your local group. A thousand doctors came out in support of Yes this week.
1: Uh, when you have the majority of doctors, politicians, even celebs coming out in support of Yes, you kind of have to look at who's on the other side and ask yourself, do you really think the Iona Institute, the Catholic Church, Maddie McGrath and Ronan Mullen and um, Jim Corr know what's best for women's health care? Hey Jim, we think you need to make like a Corr and run away. <laughs> <laughs> boom
0: <laughs> you should never laugh at your own jokes would you oh well <laughs> last chance to get your hands on a repeal jumper in the Together for Yes pop up shop in Wednesday a Wednesday the 16th at 6pm it's in Temple Bar and you can still get your hands on the fashion is repealing bits from amazing designers such as Natalie B. Coleman Lady Gaga's Milner Margaret O'Connor Weisers and Helen Steele on the unrealissues.com
1: Together for Yes reached their 1000k target in 36 hours to combat the dark ads on the web even with a confirmed DDAOS attack and Amnesty had one as well and it happened within Ireland it was confirmed so that's brilliant but also that's fucking dark shit Eli Girl strikes again
0: <laughs> In the uh, Scarlet photo shoot uh, of the week award goes to the all-male Waterford city councillors posing with about their opposition to women's health um, to quote Sharon Horgan what a bunch of dicks. (laughs) (laughs) She's the best.
1: Uh, We want to give a shout out to Hear Me Out um, and it's www.hearmeoutmay20.com They're proposing a day of mobilisation and solidarity to repeal the 8th. Um, On May 20th start a conversation send a letter an email or even a text asking
0: that person in your life to hear you out. If you want to get involved in flyering the Ed Sheeran or Rolling Stones gigs in Dublin this week, get in touch with Dublin Central Together for Yes. You can find them on Twitter at Dublin Repeal 8 and on Facebook. Just search for them. <laughs> Just like that.
1: <laughs> How do you
0: search? What, what?
1: <laughs> Joke. That's in our next podcast. <laughs> How to search. Okay, let's face it, guys. At this stage, stress levels are high. Worry sets in, nerves are frayed and coping mechanisms are needed. So we've come up with the Don't Stop Repealing top 11. It's so handy that it's
0: 11, isn't it? Tips to get through the next week. So catchy as well. <laughs> yeah, it just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Number one, make a plan for polling day next Friday. How are you getting to the polling station? Who are you going with? Can you bring anyone with you? Are you going to Life Festival? If so, have you factored in your time for votes before yokes? Make your plan. Are you going to bring your mat to the polling station? Who else are you going to bring to the polling station? Just make a plan to get to the polling station.
1: What polling station? <laughs> Number two, plan like a boss. This week, just pick one thing to help the campaign It doesn't have to be overwhelming. Just one thing that you're going to do every day between now and the referendum. Maybe that's wearing your badge, which obviously you're already doing every day to start a conversation. Maybe it's calling your granny or someone in your family who you think is on the fence and talking to them about why to vote yes. There's so many canvases you can join if you haven't started. And if you have been canvassing in Dublin, try to get out of town one evening or this weekend and hook up with a canvas on the commuter belt or down the country. And then you can even get a gorgeous carvery. Country carveries are the best.
0: Andrea is, has so much amazing knowledge on carveries and it's just really brought a lot to my life, especially considering our new uh, residence in Buswells. Yeah, I can't wait for another one. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, look forward to the day when you don't have to wear your politics across your tits. Thanks, Vicky, for that little tip. Imagine what your wardrobe will be like post-repeal.
1: Less love hearts and less black and white. Number four, give people a boost. It's time to put a pep in people's step. Spread the love. Bring the joy. Instead of ranting negatively about all the shit that's going on, and let's be honest, there's loads of it. Big up the canvas canvassers online. Give high fives to people wearing yes badges or appeal jumpers. Tell people they're doing a great job because they need to hear that. Bear in mind that everyone is trying to deal with this stuff, so your negative outpourings might feel like a relief for you, but don't be a selfish Susan. They can
0: impact other people badly. So be sound. Number five, get off your phone, as well as being good general life advice. You don't need to know every single thing every single person in the campaign says at every moment. Real life, real spies from here on. Have the conversations with people in your office that you were afraid to approach the subject with before. Ask your bus driver and tra- taxi driver to come out to vote. Ask your local shopkeeper. Can you just have some bodily autonomy with those <laughs> eggs? Andrea wrote this bit. <laughs> but the constant That's s- so good. <laughs> the constant scroll and refresh just creates a feeling of being adult. So put the phone down and get back into the real world. Number six, know your worth. Uh, No matter what way this
1: referendum goes, remember to realise your value as a woman or person who can get pregnant, or a man indeed. It's difficult not to require external validation when your worth is essentially enshrined in the Constitution. But we all need to remember all the amazing people who are fighting for our rights and for you. And as L'Oreal would say, you're worth it. Not Spawn, although we may be looking for a sponsor for a podcast soon post-repeal, just saying, call us,
0: shh. Number seven See the funny side Look we know It's hard to even Contemplate seeing the funny side When it comes to something So serious This is people's lives We're talking about But finding the humour In grave situations Is how we get through life This week My highlight came from John McGurk's Complete implosion On Matt Cooper's last word Not a laughing matter maybe But maybe A laughing stock
1: I'm so right And you got that one That's the best (laughs) (laughs) Number eight Make a plan For the 26th Whatever happens In the count centre Next Saturday Get a support plan In action for that evening whether that means you're going to be popping the prosecs or wailing into a strong whiskey, you're gonna need a plan in place to make sure you cope with either result. If you're a reflective person, get the house stocked up with all your gorge baths, treats, ice cream, your fave merch to wear, whatever. And if you're more of a person who needs to their pals around in a partier, hey, that's me. Book them in now. Book a restaurant, get some gig tickets. Basically find a location and have a plan uh, so you know what you're going to be doing. Repeal Project and Together for Yes have something in the
0: pipeworks, so stay tuned for deets on that. Number nine, free the rage. Angry, frustrated, seething about the no campaigns bullshit. It's time to free the rage. Make a list of things you'd love to tweet to smug no campaigners, but actually won't because you're too sound and then throw it away. Rage be gone. Number 10, start planning the
1: colours for your invites to your first abortion once the referendum goes through. Because if it's legal, that's how it works, right? Wait a minute. What? (laughs) Everyone just rushes out to pick them up along with a new top for a Saturday night. For fuck's sake, anyone who thinks this
0: is how women work needs to get in the bloody sea. Eleven, but seriously make a plan to chill post-referendum. Maybe you can blag a couple of days off work or if you're lucky enough to be able to plan a holiday, do that. We've all been building up to this day for so long and weirdly it's going to feel like you're missing something when you don't have to have loads of repealing to be doing. Prepare for that and find comfort in it.
1: Oh, that's such a lovely sentiment to end on.
0: We are delighted to have the award-winning comedian, actor, and writer, and all-round ledgebag Ashling B with us today. Hello, Ashling.
2: Hello, Voices in Ireland.
0: You've been very outspoken on repeal throughout this campaign. In terms of your opinions on this issue, how did you get here?
2: How did I get here to be one of these liberal feminazis that you read about in the paper? <laughs> um, I don't know, really. I think I grew up in an all-female environment. Um, and I have been raised that way until I was about 18, so all women, raised by my single mother and seven or eight aunties, went to a school of all women, taught by all women in a Catholic environment like we all were, Um, and I suppose women are my, women are my guys, do you know what I mean? And so the more and more I think stories I I realized how many of my friends had had abortions or crisis pregnancies or whatever it was. I was like, why are we not talking about this? And I think living abroad for as long as I have has given me a sort of perspective on Ireland. I'm extremely proud to be Irish. I love our little country and everything we can achieve, even the sense of community when we get behind an issue is unbelievable, like you rarely get that sort of momentum in other countries um, like we had during the equal marriage referendum. But with this, it's one of the, I suppose, last really dark trickles through Irish society that we have yet to address. And I feel like this is the first time we've sort of, I think we've all been told as young Irish women that the sky is green. And then all of a sudden we have been looking at it going, no, it's blue, it's blue, I have a feeling it's blue, but I just don't want to say anything. And now slowly but surely we're realizing that the sky is blue. And by that I mean that all the things we were told were shameful all the things we were told to keep quiet we realized god they're just so normal and every day and why aren't we saying it and who who are we protecting or who is who is suffering at the end of this and it is a, so essentially Irish women and men because of these issues because of staying silent about it um so that's probably the the biggest reason um I've been ex- I've been so outspoken on it do you think
1: living abroad has really had an impact on that and like kind of the more people who've gone abroad and been exposed to the way women are treated and how differently we're treated in Ireland has made a difference?
2: Yeah, I mean, in many ways, uh, being an Irish woman is extremely positive. We've ironically got a very matriarchal society. Um, I was rarely asked growing up. I was always kind of, it was never weird that I was funny growing up as a woman. And I think in England and other places that does kind of get asked about a lot more like Irish women are supposed to be good crack um, and so in those uh, in in that respect I think it's um, a lot more positive for women sometimes we've had two Irish female presidents like it's, it's this weird it's this weird country with so many rules and regulations that sort of like punch against each other I think there was always this idea of the type of girl who'd end up getting an abortion that we were brought up to believe or she's the one who ended up in England but you know what she was like this sort of loose woman character that was parading around the town which is still a fine way to be but rather than sorry if you're hearing um, a little bing that's not random thoughts entering my head a whatsapp on in the background let me just check in case you're like this is a very important subject but it won't stop me from replying to me whatsapps (laughs) (laughs) but uh I think being in England, and it, it does make me think about all the times you heard growing up about the girl who went to England, and how silly that was, and how many of my friends here, uh, one of my friends, Sarah Pascoe, who's a comedian as well, and wrote about it in her book, Animal. She wrote about um, her abortion and her mother taking her to get an abortion, and it's not something she wanted to have, it was awful. Um, she didn't want to have be pregnant, but she remembers how sad it was when she was sat in the room there were so many Irish girls there just sat in the waiting room not being able to go home that night just with a hot water bottle and a cup of tea and your mammy like I just can't imagine how horrible that is for girls and women who come over Um, and so it does give you a view living here of how much more normal it is sad, always sad nobody wants to be Sure, you don't even want to get like um, uh, an operation on your bloody arm when it's sore. Never mind the intimacy of of having to have um, a, an abortion, but uh, how accepted it is here that it's a sad thing to have to happen, but it 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 can and does happen, and it's not so it's not such a big deal.
0: Speaking of um, your your English pals um, in London or your American pals when when you're uh, over in LA, which you are quite a bit. Do you think that um, British people and Americans that you talk to have much awareness about what's going on?
2: I think they do literally now in the last few months. I think there is a really the obviously I want to make sure everyone gets out and votes, but I'm I'm quite not quietly. I'm quite loudly hopeful about it because I think. The amount of people who sort of would have felt like it's a women's issue or wouldn't, would have either been vocal, like say all of us here, very openly vocal and are not, um, uh, hiding behind the issue. The one good thing about the referendum being so soon, at first I was worried that it was too soon, but now I'm actually glad because there's been this sort of energy and speed with people going, you know what, I'm just gonna come out and say it. And so a lot of people who, like high profile people who live in America and stuff, and it's just all over social media at the moment, and then you've got people now slowly coming on board and hearing more about it. You've got podcasts over here, Sarah Milligan's podcast dealt with the issue, The Guilty Feminist dealt with the issue. So slowly but surely people are realising it and Ireland is one of these modern beautiful countries but I think a lot of people can't get over the the politics and the way um, the healthcare system is um, uh, targeted against women on, on this issue. Um, and so and it affects so many boyfriends and husbands and men as well and I think now that men are starting to come out and campaign against us making a lot more people aware of what the situation is. Uh, with all the people who have spoken out and which is brilliant and
1: but at the start I suppose people could have been nervous about talking about this kind of stuff because of the backlash they could have gotten which yeah. some did but whatever but what has been your experience on being so vocally pro-choice?
2: i mean in many ways I, I would definitely wasn't like i was influenced by people like you Una, and like a lot of people who came out like for a while i was like well i get it I, you know and that's not and I, I suppose as well with anything when you've got a profile you don't just want to jump in every bandwagon and you want to make sure you're educated on what you talk about and if someone asks you about it you can always talk about the subject or the charity or whatever it is you're campaigning and backing um, for me, with this, it's all been very positive. I suppose, in a sense, it's it's not exactly a surprise to most people uh, that I would be very much pro-choice. I've been. Uh, I, I think that. Do you know what the thing was for me? Maybe it was with Savita, and we went and protested at the Irish embassy, and I think that for me started my sort of fire of like we can do something here. Also, I, I really think it's scandalous that I can't vote at home in Ireland. Mm. I don't expect to be able to vote on on small issues or local politics. I know I live in another country and I'm based here and a resident here, but I have an Irish passport and I have an Irish citizen and I might move home. My children will be half Irish. Um, they might not be half human, who knows what they'll be, but they will be half Irish. Um, but, or unless I marry an Irish person I suppose um, yeah there's but, always that yeah there's always that oh my god I really I really um, boxed my future in there didn't I <laughs> um, but I, I that really upsets me I've always been a very like I remember when I was 18 anyone who turned 18 in my school I was still in secondary school and I turned 18 and I got the forms for us all and registered everyone to vote and the idea that say myself Sharon, Chris O'Dowd um, Graeme Linehan none of us can vote in our country. We're abroad flying the flag all the time, we have Irish passports, we're very proudly Irish. I understand living somewhere else and not being able to vote but that and also the postal vote system in Ireland so even people who are only out of the country for three months and aren't around can't vote. Stuff like that really makes me sad considering we're um, a country who campaigned for suffrage for so long so you do so in some ways the only thing I can do is use my voice and my profile um, in in any way if that's going to influence anyone I suppose What would be
0: your your message to the good people of Kildare your home turf?
2: My home turf Um, I would say growing up uh, there was definitely an acceptance of women as sort of a little bit second class citizens I always remember that growing up there was an acceptance that like oh the lad liked you you just sort of that was like the ultimate goal it didn't matter whether you liked him back and there was a real sense in the town of like uh, I don't know but we didn't have much we had loads of confidence in ourselves as young girls but we didn't know that we should maybe respect ourselves as much as we could have or that we had any choice or that there was just never a conversation open, and, I, and and even sex wasn't talked about. So with all of the repeal stuff, I hope the government will start looking at better sex education. We had no sex education. Our sex education was a woman who we thought was a nun, um, coming into our primary school and talking about cleaning ourselves and the importance of uh, cruciferous vegetables, like <laughs> cabbage,
1: for four out five days. How do you clean yourself?
2: Is that a I, silly question? Rhetorical? When, a wet flannel um, (laughs) and one time a woman came in to talk to us and she said that at night time it might be a good idea to sleep without your knickers on to give yourself an air out (laughs) That's a good tip (laughs) I guess this works now yeah yeah okay I pretty much got this together I think my sister who's three years younger than me by the time she was 15 in junior cert I think like eight of the girls in her class were pregnant and having babies one of them like 14 or 15 with twins and they all had their kids as was the right but the idea of sets of education and condoms and the pill and how expensive the pill is in ireland like 20 odd euro a month or something like that all of that stuff kind of falls under under this um under this umbrella and i know that's sort of going off point of what i have to say to the people up there but um I would just say this is a healthcare issue and it's a kindness issue as well. Um, there's a lot of, I know, no campaigning around about protecting children and it's all this sort of stuff. The abortions are happening and they have to happen and they are a choice that women make very sadly. This is a very unkind law that's in place and it's very much against women. And I think repealing the Eighth Amendment will do a lot to mend hundreds of years of awful medical treatment in the way women were treated in Ireland. So I'm hoping the people of Kildare and the horse race community, etc., uh, will get out and really uh, put their voice. I can't vote anymore, so hopefully they'll... Hashtag be my yes. All my love, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Now, in our very sporadic feature of Hero and Villain of the Week, I think we've done it twice, uh, we have Hero of the Week, uh, which is this week Mary Lou MacDonald our best friend hi Mary Lou uh, but in the middle of the dumpster fire that was Claire Byrne live on Monday night the Sinn Féin leader was calm respectful and got her points across really well so we were saying big up Mary Lou
0: and in stark contrast the villain of the week is Vicky Wall from the Life Institute who showed her true colours by talking about the number of women travelling for abortions on the BBC but only 2,500 of them were white Irish, she said, when the BBC asked about the number of women travelling from Ireland to Britain for abortions. We see you, Vicky Wall, and your weird racial commentary fail. You're the villain of the week. Media shenanigans! You know what this is going to be about. It's the Claire Byrne live debate that happened on Monday night. I think Senator Catherine Noon... Who was looking pretty raging beside uh, my McGrath. <laughs> How her. did she
1: end up there? What short straw was that?
0: Stinger! <laughs> anyway, she spoke for a lot of people when she, as an audience member and contributors, tweeted after the show, and I quote I have great respect for Claire Byrne, but her team let her down tonight. The show was poorly planned, disorganized, and quite frankly, like a circus. This kind of TV does not serve the public who wish to be informed of the facts and evidence. That is quite a strong statement to come from a politician after a current affairs programme, but I think a lot of us would be on the same page as uh, Senator Noon there. So let's take a look at what went wrong last night. It's pretty obvious that the format and execution of the debate had massive issues from the get-go. And we know that because everybody is talking about how it was shambolic and chaotic, how there was nastiness and baiting throughout, and how misinformation was encountered. No one is talking about what issues were actually discussed or what they learned. And when that's what's coming out at the end of the debate, you know that it is a failure of public service broadcasting, I'm afraid, in my opinion. And with all due respect to the team behind the show, if you are going to create this gladiatorial format and that kind of heightened energy in a studio, you really better be on top of everything. It did feel like a free for all. It kind of felt a bit like the Adrian Kennedy phone show in a TV studio. There was poor structure to the management of the audience guests. This kind of thing about, are you a GP? Who's voting yes? Maybe someone from the SI can talk now. I mean, surely that should have been sorted out well in advance. As for the no side, it is easy to cut through, as they did, when you aren't sticking to the facts, when you are being sensational and when you are misleading people and when you're shouting them down. And that's what they did. Um, you were thinking of some other issues uh, you had with the debate, Andrea. I think top of my list, oh my Lord,
1: that clapping. It was so in bits. It was inappropriate. It was frustrating because you couldn't hear what points were being made. No one could make the rebuttal because there was just this clapping and hollering. It was irreverent. Where there was laughing um, during mentions of Savita and cl- uh, it just felt wrong. Um, and as Mary Lou put it, it was like playing to the clapogram. It yeah. was. Yeah oh it was awful I hated it it just felt very weird <laughs> it felt weird it felt really American uh, sensationalist and that they were they were trying to win over the audience and that's not what this is about this is about nuanced conversations and trying to get to the bottom of things and to let people into information not just trying to score points off each other which is what it felt like There was it was going so fast that people were just
0: saying one thing and countering it there was no discussion it was just scoring points also uh, missing were women's stories throughout. I mean, women's stories were not brought to the fore. There were four representatives from terminations for medical reasons in the audience. None of them were called on to speak, even though their experiences were used by used as collateral by the uh, no side. You know, talking about people when those people are actually there isn't right. Disability was also raised sensationally by the no side, yet the people with disabilities together for yes had representatives in the audience and they weren't given a chance to speak. There were at least three no side GPS given time to air their views, which is totally unrepresentative of GPS and doctors across the country.
1: There was a funny thing about GPS across the country. Uh, John McGurk tweeted that there was one hundred eighty thousand GPS when actually it was GPS. He j- literally just googled it. When there's actually two thousand five hundred on the HSE register. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jeez.
2: That
0: did not happen did <laughs> that in that real life. Real spice. My Thank God. God. Anyway, there, there's another uh, professionalism <laughs> point for that guy. Um, um, another thing that was really, you know, kind of difficult to watch is that these sensationalist points of view were not countered. I mean, people were shouting freely about killing babies um, and that was just not countered appropriately. And on top of that, then you had, um, you know, several personal attacks. And I really think in particular that there were multiple attacks on Dr. Peter Boylan. I thought that was disgraceful. The whole thing. Especially when he was told to go back to school. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was like a school ground in there. He didn't have to go bleeding fire. I'll tell you that. The whole thing was just so adversarial and it centered around a participant led approach that descended into people just getting tit for tat digs in Um you know another aspect of it uh, that I didn't think about until it was raised afterwards was that there was no helpline cited for those impacted by watching. Issues of rape and incest were raised. Distressing remarks seemed to be the go-to for the no side with regards to crisis pregnancies and abortion and women's personal stories in my opinion were minimised and interestingly Blondiddy Cuffy tweeted the programme when it concluded adding them saying not once did you provide help numbers for people affected by tonight's programme and that is a really good point. Now these kinds of adversarial, polarised, angry, bare pit, coliseum debates are one of the reasons that we actually started Downstop Repeal Repealing to avoid the that kind of race to the bottom free for all where no one learns anything and everyone comes away angry and frustrated. If you want to complain about how the show unravelled, um, you can email complaints at orte.ie. A big picture for RTE, you know, has the broadcaster really learned nothing from framing debates in this way and how they can go wrong? Do we even have to mention the 2011 presidential it debate? It really just
1: felt like a grab for ratings. It was just they wanted the heat on Twitter and the heat uh, of people talking about it. And
0: you don't get headlines from people going, that's a really interesting point. I'm glad I listened. Mm. And I think as well, maybe because the Late Late Show debate was quite muted. And I think successfully in a in a way, because it was very respectful. This was just the polar opposite of that. And, you know, I have a, an awful lot of respect for, for Claire Byrne. Mm-hmm. And for the for the team making the show I just think last night went tits up, you know. Funnily enough, there was a little bit of shade uh, from Matt Cooper when he was confirming on Twitter that there will be no audiences for their uh, debates on on TV3. But after last night, you really have to respect that decision. Um, I I think it, it just fell apart. Yeah, agreed. So that was what unfolded during the debate and the production issues that the format had. But will it have an impact? People are losing their shit
1: today and it feels like the world is closing in after one debate. So everybody
0: needs to calm the fuck down all along in this campaign the no side has been about winning these kind of programs or debates on a very superficial level we see it from the completely unprofessional behaviour of the Save the Eighth spokesman John McGurk who made an absolute show of himself in the last word last week we see it in the shouty off the wall nature of Maddie McGraw's contributions we see it in the smug and often heartless commentary by Ronald Mullen we see it in the misinformation and the fear mongering and the sensationalism from the no side's messaging but is that connecting And will last night's shit show, I suppose, really have swayed a ton of no voters or a ton of um, undecided voters? You know, I don't believe that it will have, because let's remember, a TV debate is just a TV debate. It's not a movement. It can't counter all of the amazing work being done on the ground by everyone lending their hand to the Yes campaign. But what you saw on Clareburn Live from the no side is what we're up against. So if you want to counter that, you've got a week and a half to do everything you can to get this referendum over the line. These kinds of events in the media can be very mobilising and motivating. So let's turn this dress fest into a yes fest. Oh, my God, gorgeous. Now, already there were some journalists online alluding to the yes side being in trouble after the debate or that perhaps this is a moment where things pivot. If you only view things through a media lens then I can see how you might think that but this is not just a media campaign that we're in. This is not just a series of point scoring TV debates. This is a movement. It is a grassroots rising all across the country and no amount of TV screaming can wreck that. We have to keep going. It's going to be tight. There is no room for complacency. We know that but we need to put the head down do everything we can in the final stretch. Yes, there was one TV debate that was an absolute melt fest but you know perspective here guys yes we can where'd you get that one that's good thank you I'm going into politics (laughs) (laughs) and in related media shenanigans this week Potley he had some good analysis in the Irish Times about the no side and the middle ground and this kind of speaks to what we're talking about whether that kind of messaging on Byrne really connects he talked about how the no side is failing to reach undecideds or converting soft repealers and he wrote quote those soft repealers are not responsive to the uncompromising "abortion is murder message that has underpinned much no-side campaigning. If you are talking about dead babies, you are not talking to the middle ground. That's a very bold statement, but I think it's a very true one. And lastly, Andrea.
1: Coming in with my glitter, there was a gorge feature, if I do say so myself, for fashion is repealing in the New York Times. Um, And for me personally, nothing fills me with more joy than when something that is so often unfairly regarded as nothing more than feminine frivolity packs a punch. Um, And you only have to look at the impact of Repeal Projects jumpers to realise the power of fashion and how harnessing feminine energy is damn powerful. So that for me was my highlight.
0: Right on, sister. Mm -hmm. Can I get a witness? (laughs) Yes.
2: Thanks.
0: (laughs) And now for all the events you're going to be attending this week in support of Together for Yes. Check out don'tstoprepealing.com forward slash events for a full list or togetherforyes.ie forward slash events where we have all of the events featured. Events.
1: Well, they have the features. They have them on their website. Yeah, that's
0: true. Um, But one of the things that we want to mention is these travel bursaries that are available for Irish students in the UK travelling home to vote in the upcoming Eighth Amendment referendum. If you are an Irish student in the UK, you are eligible for one of these travel bursaries. Union of Students Ireland is working with National Union of Students UK and the Northern Irish branch (NUSUSI) to promote uh, home to vote. So the NUS says it has set up a bursary fund for individual student unions, so you can apply and it will f- partly fund or totally fund your flight depending on uh, how much your flight costs. But you can avail of a travel bursary between fifty-five and one hundred and ten English pounds. Gorge. On May 16th, drag and draw for Repeal 7 to
1: 9 in Street 66, which is formerly the Front Lounge. This is a life drawing session with all money generated from ticket sales and will be donated to the Repeal the 8th campaign. Tickets are via Eventbrite for 10 euros. Materials are provided, but you're welcome to bring around. And can I just clarify, are you life drawing a drag queen? Because if you are, I am definitely going to that. Me? No, it's called drag and draw. I just don't
0: know enough. It's a oh, question. yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Yeah, I don't know. Imagine. Maybe, well, we should have probably got clarification on that before. <laughs> anyway, sounds fab. Sounds fab. Uh, spinning for Appeal happening each night at the Wiley Fox down on the Keys in Dublin. deadly DJ spinning and raising funds for Together for Yes. Check out Together for Yes Facebook events page for more. May
1: 17th. Feels like St. Paddy's Day, except in May. The final London rally for <laughs> Yes. Half eight. The Hermitage Riverside Memorial Guardian. 16 Wapping High Street. London Irish abortion rights campaign final gathering before the big day. A chance to send some support across the sea for that final week of campaigning before Pells open. Come along with your charged up phone as we speak. Dan together to spell out a big yes and like oh that's so cute
0: May 18th Freedom a reflection of post-repeal Ireland by Peachy Dublin that's from 6 to 9pm at the Mart in Rathmines in Dublin it's an exhibition showcasing artistic reactions to an Ireland post-repealing the 8th little uh, trip into the future there all pieces of art will be for sale and the proceeds are of course going to together for yes the exhibition is going to run for two days you can catch on the 18th and 19th of May check out Peachy Dublin's Facebook for more May 19th festival. me and Una are
1: busy working on our Tina Fey a- Amy Poehler I can never pronounce her what, say it Amy po- Poehler perfect Golden Globes <laughs> routine we'll have to work on that a lot more really won't we <laughs> um, as we're going to be hosting the repeal room upstairs in the Tivoli for this glorious celebration of the marriage equality referendum three years on you've got Sophie Alice baxter Elaine May DJ Karen Glitter Hull, and more will be in the house let's party like it's 2015 and get the good vibes rolling for May 20th 5th. Tickets on Eventbrite.
0: Rosa have a sponsored walk on Sunday 20th of May to the airport. Walk in their shoes. You can take part or sponsor. Check out their Facebook for more info or OSA. Right on. Most importantly, visit togetherfiest.ie or don't stop appealing dot com no g forward slash canvas to figure out where your nearest group is there is loads happening you can leaflet you can go knocking on doors you can be a coordinator you can help out spreading the message upcoming out cheering concerts this week and the rolling stones get involved just to say
1: together for yes's website is fab because you put in your name and address and someone gets in contact with you with your group
0: so it actually couldn't be easier amazing this podcast is created and hosted by Andre Horan Woo! And Una Malali, <laughs> <laughs> And produced by Andrew Mangan. Yay! <laughs> and researched by Susie Bennett. Woo! Thanks to Sarah Fox for the design and Elaine May for the beautiful tune and you for listening. You can find all the links to our socials on our website. Don't
1: No G. Like a spot. And if you're enjoying listening, let us know. You can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and on Facebook too. And finally, don't, don't uh, 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 stop, stop. Uh, 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 repealing. Repeal uh, uh, uh,
0: don't, don't stop repealing. We thought we'd try something new. <laughs>